Welcome to the Vision Church Podcast. We are so excited to have you with us. We hope this message will encourage and inspire you to walk out your God-given vision. Now here's today's message. Hey, it is a distinct honor for me. Uh, we, we have really grown to love Pastor AJ and his wife. And, and, but what, how God has used him at Victory in Tulsa. And I remember when, when you came out to Phoenix, Arizona and got to introduce you to Brian Steele and, and you were looking at their dream center and everything that was happening there. And, you, and I, remember, I, I thought I heard you say, hey, I want, I want to run the dream center. And, and God moved you into that position. I'm going to let him tell you all the different positions because he's in so many different roles at Victory. And, uh, but one of them is the disaster relief. And we were a part of that. We took a team to Tulsa when they had all the flooding that happened. We took a team there and we mucked out a house for them. And uh, in a day, our team, glory to God, we were able to finish that house, get it all completely done out and thrown out in the front yard. And it was such a blessing. And I remember praying for that, for that young man. He was a worship leader at another church. And when we prayed for him, I mean, the tears just swelled up in his eyes and he began to cry. And as we were driving off, I'll never forget that look on his face, just going, thank you, thank you. So anyway, uh, there's so many things that Pastor AJ has been doing and we are so thrilled to kick off Vision Conference with him. So would you stand and welcome with me to the stage, Pastor AJ. Come on, can somebody give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? No, that was a little weak. Somebody give Jesus a shout of praise that he deserves. Hallelujah! Man, you can, well, before you take your seat, grab the hand of the person next to you. I'm from Victory Tulsa at Vision Conference, so we gotta be. But we do something at our church, Pastors Paul and Ashley, span the aisles. We do a declaration of faith. And we're gonna say, why don't you repeat this after me on the count of three? One, two, three, say, I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open, my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days, say it again, my best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. Give that person next to you a high five, say you look good, you look good. Thank you. Vision Church, vision for life. How many know you have some incredible pastors in the Johnsons? Give it up for the Johnsons. It is the Johnson and Johnson connection. We love you guys and just so honored to be here. And we love Zach and Becca. Y'all are, you've got some amazing kids. And we have two daughters and we aspire to grow our children like you all. And I'm here with my wife. This is actually our seventh wedding anniversary. This is my Asian persuasion, Miss Amber. And so she's Amber Johnson. Aaron Johnson. So we're Team AJ here with the Johnson and Johnson Connection. Hey. So I believe we have some pictures of our family before we dive in. So we have two beautiful girls. 
Amaya and Mila. So obviously I'm black. My wife is Asian. So we created a new race called Blasian, black and Asian. Uh, and my girls are strong and powerful. Our second daughter, Mila, was recently at, my wife goes to a gym and they have childcare. So she was recently at childcare and uh, my wife was, on, I don't know if she was in a class or on the elliptical something. And I always tell my little girl that, that, man, you're powerful, you're strong, you can do anything. And so she's one, and so she says, I'm strong, I'm strong. Anyway, well, there was a little boy that came up. That's Mila. Look at that Mila. She's a joy. Uh, there was a little boy that came up and took a toy from her. And so she walked over to him and took the toy back and punched him in his mouth. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. So the nursery worker came upstairs and got her. was like, your daughter has to leave right now. She hurt, and the little boy was actually older than her. So my wife calls me and, you know, babe, we need to talk to FaceTime. We need to talk to Mila. And inside, I'm like, she beat up a boy? That's what I'm talking about. But I'm like, babe, babe, we need to be nice. We need to be kind and have the fruit of the spirit. But that is, and this is actually our anniversary. So my wife, who graciously allowed us to come spend time with you all in Arkansas on our wedding anniversary. Give it up one more time for my beautiful Asian persuasion. Coming to you from Victory Tulsa, Pastors Paul and Ashley. How many, how many of you came to Victory Conference in August? No, there was, you guys came, what, a few different times? Two, three nights, okay. Yeah, so they send their love. They love and support you all in whatever we can do vision to victory, vision to victory, whatever we can do to serve you, we're honored to serve you guys. A little bit about me before I get started, I am the youngest of two, of three, I have two older sisters, and uh, I got beat up a lot by my older sisters, my parents were divorced, my dad is a pastor in Wisconsin, uh, and if I didn't notice my sister's hair or nails or makeup, because my parents were divorced and I was the only male, I, I would get beat up by my sister. So I, I pay attention distinctly to detail. So men, I would encourage you to pay attention to detail. And to this day, my wife, she doesn't like this gift because if she has like a new shirt, or I'm like, oh babe, that's new. And she's like, how do you know? And I'm like, I got the gift of vision. Come on, vision church. I got the gift of vision. Gift of vision. And how many know Terry and Brenda Henshaw? Do we know the Henshaws? We love the Henshaws, Terry and Brenda and Daniel and Angie and their family mean so much to us. And I know they mean so much to you all. And man, we just want to affirm what God is doing in your life. What a selfless sacrifice you all have made. And, and we believe that God, as you have served so many years faithfully all over the world, we believe that God is going to continue to bring people to serve you all, to serve this house, to serve the gift of God on your life, on your children's life. We believe, and you guys are so powerful. I mean, I don't say, even during worship, my, my wife said, babe, he is awesome. And so, man, you've got a gift of leadership. And we believe that God is going to continue to open up tremendous doors for you. And Becca, you have such a sweet spirit. Even the things that you've journaled, even the things that you have written, we believe that God's going to accelerate those gifts on the inside. And the things you may not have told and spoken to anyone, God knows. So keep continuing to prepare yourself because not only will 2020 be the best year of your life, but the end of this year will be some of the greatest days you've had in Jesus' name. 
first in my family to graduate from college, and we didn't have money. I played football at the University of Tulsa, and we actually had a chance to go to the Arkansas game yesterday. Any hogs in here? Oh, man, boy, oh, boy. I felt sorry for y'all. I was like, at one point, I used to watch the games on TV, and the stadium was packed. There were sections of empty seats. So we're praying that the hogs have a miracle. Pig suey. You did it. I don't even know what's it. Oh, pig suey. Razorbacks. Yeah, something like that. See, I don't even know because the game wasn't even that good. But we had a great time. Thank you, guys. It was, it was awesome. We're going to dive in to the word. Everybody say expectation. expectation. Say it again, expectation. expectation. And I'm the type of, I don't even like to use the word pastor, but I'm the type of person, I like dialogue. So this is going to be an open book test. We're going to have Sunday school this morning. And I, at the Tulsa Dream Center, we have three main pillars, uh, food, medical, and education. And we are in the heart of North Tulsa where 80% of our population are living at a salary medium of less than 24,000. Their income is less than 24,000. So as you can imagine, in North Tulsa, uh, at times there's a lot of crime, but we believe that we were planted there for such a time as this. And next year will be our 20th anniversary at the Tulsa Dream Center. So 2020, we will see clearly at the Tulsa Dream Center. Um, But we're going to dive in. Expectation is the seed for miracles. If you're taking notes, expectation, the seed for miracles. And I believe that as we speak this word, that God is going to open up your eyes and your vision that from this day forward, you will never see the same again. Expectation, the seed for miracles. So everything we have today in life came in the form of a seed. Everybody say seed whether it's children, whether it's a building, everything we have was created twice. And you say, well, well, how is that? Even this building, whoever the builder was, they first created it in their thought. And then they, they went to an architect and the architect drew what was in their head. So expectation, the seed for miracles. Everything you have starts with a seed. Pastor Nicole was talking about offering and the power of the seed. It's so important. You cannot reap a harvest if you first don't plant a seed. And I'm one that likes terms and definitions. So expectation, the definition of expectation is a strong belief. Everybody say belief. A strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. I'm going to read that again. Expectation, the definition is a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we come before you right now. And we thank you, Lord, that your presence is already here. Lord, thank you for every person, every individual, every family. God, we thank you that you meet us exactly where we are. Because you're an amazing father. Even if our earthly father has not been good to us, Lord, we thank you that you are amazing. So we worship you and we give you praise this morning. Lord, someone is mourning the loss of a loved one, but Lord, you've given us breath this morning, so we thank you. Lord, we could be at another place at another time, but God, we've chosen to come to the house of the Lord to give you praise. So Lord, I thank you that I decrease and you increase in me and through me. In Jesus' name, 
And everyone said? Amen. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith. When is faith? Now. Come on, when is faith? Now. now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. Going back to the definition of expectation, a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. The biblical definition of faith is now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. In order to have a new vision, you have to have an expectation. You have to have an expectation. So I want to challenge your mindset this morning. I want to challenge your faith. I want to challenge your thinking this morning. What you have in life today is a result of what you hoped for back then. That's according to the word. Now faith is a substance of things hoped. Hoped is past tense. So you are living the life today of something that you hoped for in the past. And you will live your life in the future for what you're hoping for today. So if you don't like the life that you have today, you've got to check your thinking. You've got to check your heart. Because you are literally, according to the word, now faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. You are walking out the destiny. You are walking out the life. You are walking out the job. Whatever it is that you hoped for in the past, you're now living that out. So if you want your tomorrow to look differently than where you are today, begin to hope differently. Begin to think differently. Begin to praise differently. Begin to give differently. Because I, I believe that God will let you live on whatever level you settle on. God will let you live on whatever level you settle in. Because the grave is the richest place on earth. Because there were dreams that never were aspired to. There were books that were never written. There were buildings that were never built. There was curriculum that was never written. Because people chose to possibly settle. What areas of your life have you settled in? We all have those areas. Rich, poor, black, or white, whatever it is, no matter our age, we all have areas in our life that we may have settled in. But today is a day of fresh vision. Today is a day to stretch forth because I believe that God wants to do a new thing in us. So it's important that we constantly check our heart, our feelings, our thoughts, gauging where our faith is. Because faith is the bridge to where we are, to where we want to be. Faith is that bridge. So again, if you don't like, there's a quote, you are the sum total of the thoughts that you think. And you are who you are and where you are because of the thoughts that you think. The word says, as a man, what? Thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if I'm who I am because the thoughts that I think, and I know that I want to go from here to there, not only do I need to use my faith, but I need to change my thinking. Because today, obviously, suicide and depression, and, and, and it's, it's vampant. And we just recently, man, I, I recently done a, I have done a funeral recently for someone that, that took their own life because they thought that they had no hope. The enemy is after our minds today. I believe like never before. But that's why it's so important that we renew our minds daily and throughout the day in the word of God. 
Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Psalms 119.105. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Well, we believe, Psalms 32, verse 8, the Lord will guide you on the best pathway for your lives. Why do I say those two verses? Because if, if God wants us to have the best, how many believe that God wants us to have the best life? Okay. So Psalms 32, verse 8, God will guide you on the best pathway for our lives. Psalms 119, 105, your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We live in a dark world, but that's why it's so important that we are daily getting in the word of God. Because if the word is a lamp unto our feet and we're living in a dark world and and have physical eyesight, but the word is a spiritual anointing on our lives. It's a spiritual thing that we need to tap into. So if your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, if I'm not in the word, how can I know which path to take? If I'm not in the word, how can I be guided? You know the thing about a missile, a missile is guided. It goes from the coordinates that whoever puts it in from a one destination to the other. It's a guided missile. Our lives are supposed to be guided missiles living according to the word of God. But if we're not in the word, how can we be guided? If we're not in the word, how can we know what God wants for our marriage, for our children, for our future? And it's not just up to pastors Phil and Nicole and and pastors um, Becca and Zach every Sunday to tell you where you're supposed to be in the word. You're supposed to have a worship encounter with God every single day. Your life at work, even if you can't speak the name of Jesus when you're walking to the restroom, you can be communicating with God. What kind of husband and father would I be if seven years ago on the altar... I said, I do. I love you, Amber. Man, and that was the only time I spoke to her. My daughter, Amaya, is four years old. What if I said, man, I'm, I'm so excited to be your father. And that was the first day was the only day that I spoke to her. But, but technically, I, I'm her husband. Technically, we're, we're married. Technically, I'm, I'm Amaya's father. But what kind of relationship would it be if we never spoke? We're supposed to be in daily communication with God. And sometimes we can make it, we can make it too hard, too complicated. God just wants you to talk to him. He knows how you're feeling. He knows what you're going through. Just a few weeks ago, we were in the airport. My wife and I were in the airport and our two daughters. And it was early in the morning. I had to drop the rental car off. And for whatever reason, when you drop the inner, rental, inner car, inner car, rental car off, it's always on the complete other side of the airport. And it's like 4 a.m. in the morning. You know, my babies are, are not really awake and they're angry that daddy and mommy got them up. But as soon as they got in the car seats, they went back to sleep. And I'm, I'm hustling, trying to get all the luggage. And we're going through the pre-check. And, and it's just crazy. You got all these. Baby wants her, her, uh, her blanket and her little whatever she calls. What does she call her little? Huh? Her lovey, she has to have her lovey. If you don't give her her lovey, especially in the morning, we will have problems. So don't ever lose the lovey. And so it's, it's four o'clock in the morning and, and my shirt was already drenched just from sweat and trying to hurry and get things going. And as we were walking inside, the Holy Spirit corrected me. And he said, look at your children. I said, okay, well, 
looking at my children. Yeah, they're asleep. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm hot. I'm kind of moody. You know, hangry when you don't eat. You get a little hungry and angry together. So we've got to get a little Chick-fil-A. And, and the Holy Spirit said, again, look at your children. And I'm getting frustrated. Like, I'm sleepy. Like, what? I, just, I see my children, but, but what am I supposed to see? And the Holy Spirit said, they're at perfect peace. Because they know that their father has taken care of everything that they And I, I almost started crying in that moment because in this season, I, I was working. I had been staying up late trying to work on planes and getting frustrated with different things that weren't happening. And so the Holy Spirit used that lesson to teach me just as your children have trust in you and don't worry. Why have you not trusted in me? And right there, I needed to repent. Because I was trying to do things in my own strength. I was trying to use my own intelligence, my own thought process to figure out what God had already worked out. But all God wants is relationship. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. If you have problems on your job, Jesus is the solution. Problems in your marriage with your children, Jesus is the solution. What are you expecting? In order for faith to work, there has to be an expectation. Another thing, the same thing about my daughter, Amaya, even this morning as we were FaceTiming, she was going to church with some friends and she said, Daddy, I'm, I said, babe, are you excited? She said, yes, I'm so excited, but I'm more excited because mommy and daddy come home tonight. And I said, oh, babe, and she said, I know daddy always brings me a prize. Did you bring me a prize, daddy? And I was like, what? You want the surprise? Don't you want daddy? Yeah, but I want my surprise because we made a deal. Anytime daddy goes out of town, I will bring her just even if it's a small little trinket. But just like she has an expectation that if my earthly father goes away and comes back, he brings me a blessing. How many of us on a daily basis miss that our earthly father has blessings for us, but we don't walk in it? He daily loads us with benefits. Every day we should be expectant of the blessings of God. Matthew 5, our, the prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us what? This day. Not yesterday. Give us what? This day, our daily bread. Some of us, and I'm guilty of this as well, some of us are trying to live daily off of yesterday's solutions, yesterday's manna. I, this wasn't even in my notes, but even the children of Israel, they could only live off of the daily manna. If they tried to take more and live off tomorrow, it was filled with worms. They couldn't even live off of yesterday's manna. Some of us try to live off yesterday's word, yesterday's calling, yesterday's anointing. But God has given us our daily bread today. Everything you need has already been provided. Everything you need today has already been provided. So you need peace? Walk in it. You need joy? Walk in it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Some of us, even the Holy Spirit, used the analogy of, tr of trusting in him when I was pushing my children, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I, I was going through a season where I was always feeling fatigued. I was tired. Even if I got eight hours of sleep, I was still so tired. 
because my strength was being taken, because my joy wasn't fixed in the word. My joy was trying to figure out, well, if I can get this next deal, if we can get this next fundraised event, if we can get this next contract. And I was looking at the now, but I wasn't looking unto him. Unto him who is able to do what? Exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. Expectation. Second Kings chapter six, talking about vision. In 2 Kings chapter 6, it's the story of Elisha. And there was an Armenian army that was coming. They were coming to get Elijah because Elijah was a prophet. And God had given Elijah the word on how to lead the king, to help to serve the king so they would have success. Well, every time the enemy would try to advance, the other army would get frustrated because they would say, the king said, who in my camp is leaking secrets? How do they always know what we're going to do? How do they always know when we're going to lay a trap for them? Because Elijah had given his ear to the Lord and he expected God to give him a sign. On a daily basis, are you expecting God to give you a sign? So here the king, the enemy king, had heard where Elijah was going to be. So he wasn't even going to attack the other army, he wanted Elijah. What we don't recognize sometimes is that the anointing attracts attacks. When you have God, look at the life of Jesus. He was anointed. What happened? He faced attacks. In this world, you will have troubles, the word says, but be of good cheer for I have what? Overcome them. So on a daily basis, if someone offends you, if someone makes you upset, be of good cheer. Because the word tells us that we're going to face challenges. But why do we get caught off surprise? Lord, I'm a believer. God, I'm a Christian. Why, why am I facing these problems? The word tells you so. So what you need to be mindful of is, Lord, help me to have spiritual maturity that when someone offends me or cuts me off on the road and I have vision in my mind, driving their car off the back of the road. See, I'm still growing. I'm still real, keeping it real. Or I want to speak in a different tongue because a little rage may well. But, but when that happens, because the word says offenses will come, but be of good cheer, I've overcome. So Lord, I thank you that you're working in me. God, I thank you that you're growing me. Thank you, Lord. Man, that person really upset me, but God, I thank you this is an opportunity to grow. Thank you, Lord. So in 2 Kings chapter 6, here's this king who wants to get Elisha. Elisha's servant goes out in the tent in the morning and he looks around and he sees this amazing army. And he runs back in the tent and he said, Elisha, the army has surrounded us. What are we going to do? How are we going to get out of this? What are we going to do? And Elisha goes out. And he looks and he says, there are more with us than there are with them. Yeah. But the servant goes back out. Well, what, what, are you, what are you looking at, bro? <laughs> what, I, I see you and I, and I see all of them talking about vision. Your dream will only go as far as your team. Your dream will only go as far as your team. So who is the circle around you? Because that will affect the vision, that will affect the calling. If you allow what they say, oh, 
man, what, what are you believing for a bigger church? Pastor, we're good. With, we're, we're good. We, we don't need to have vision conference. My vision is good, baby. My vision is good. If you have any of those people in here, just encourage them. There is a church probably right not too far down the road. But I believe this is a powerful group right here. Somebody say amen. So who you are around at work, who you're around with in your job, who you're around with in your, in your personal time as couples, your dream will only go as far as your team. And you got to be careful to not tell your dream to everyone because there's haters everywhere. How many have ever faced a little haters? Little haters. Okay, so here he goes out, the servant. He's like, I, I, Elijah, I, I believe in you, but, but I don't see what you see. So Elijah says, Lord, open up his Open up his eyes that he might see. And the servant went back out because he was looking through his natural eyesight rather than looking through his spiritual eyesight. The servant goes back out and he opens up his eyes. And sure enough, he said he saw chariots of fire. And all of a sudden they walked in victory because they used spiritual warfare to overcome what was in the natural are you going to God in prayer every single time you face a battle? Even before you face a battle, enter to his courts with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. So on a daily basis, you ought to be just thanking God, Lord, thank you just for who you are. Thank you, Lord. Your word says no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And it looks like this weapon is forming against me. I just want you to imagine just this, this a massive tank a massive tank, and it looks like it's going to overwhelm you. It looks like there's an expectation that you're going to lose. But the word even tells us no weapon formed against you. So weapons will form, but they will not prosper. And that's where my hope, that's where my anchor needs to be. I have an expectation that there are more with me than there are with. When the doctor report comes in and it says, oh, may, you might be sick. Thank you, Lord. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. When it looks like my, my job, I, I, I might have lost my job. Thank you, Lord. It's your will that I prosper and be in health. Thank you, Lord, where God guides, he provides. God, you're guiding me along the best pathways for my life. The servant's eyes were limited to its natural circumstances, but we as believers need to recondition, restructure our minds to what the word says. Galatians 6 verse 9 amplified, and I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but what I want to do is I want to raise your level of expectation. Galatians 6 9, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap if you do not give in. Harvest is a hard season for farmers. I'm not a farmer. I'm a city boy. I'm not even country boy. I like the city. You know, my friends like, AJ, let's go camping. Let's go hunting. I said, I need a hotel and a shower. I, I don't I don't do any of the outdoors. Let's set up a tent and kumbaya by fires. If it's an indoor fire, I can do it. But outdoor, I God's not called me to that, but we all have gifts and calling. I don't know why. Oh, harvest season. I was like, what am I talking about? Harvest season. When it's harvest season, the farmer, it's a great season for farmers. But if they don't go out and work the field, 
sun up to sundown, over and over and over and over again, they'll miss out on the fruit of their labor. So often we think, Lord, I just thank you, Lord. You, 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 you want to bless me, but we don't get up in the morning to praise. We don't get up in the morning to work the field, to work the field of our hearts, to work the field of our thinking. Psalms 39 verse 7 says, and now, Lord, somebody say now. Okay, we've heard now before. And now faith is the substance. So when is faith? When is faith? Faith is now. Psalms 37, Psalms 39 verse 7 says, and now, Lord, what do I wait and expect for my hope and expectation are in you? Expectancy is the power that attracts. It's like an internal magnet. So faith and fear. So what are you talking about? What are you expecting? Faith is like a magnet. It draws to you what you're expecting. So faith and fear are the same thing. If you're expecting faith, man, your faith will grow. If you're expecting fear, fear will come to you. What are you expecting? I'm going to give you four keys. Everybody say four keys. And keys come up whenever you need to. Four keys for expectation. Four keys for expectation. The first one is belief. Everybody say belief. belief. Matthew 9, verse 20, Matthew 9, 29 is the story of two blind men. They were sitting by the side of the road. They would sit there every day and beg for coins. And they heard that Jesus was coming to town. And they said, Son of David, Son of David. Have mercy on us. And the people tried to quiet them down, talking about expectation. They tried to quiet them down, but they knew, they they, they screamed louder, Son of David, Son of David, have mercy on us. And Jesus made his way over to them, and he said, what is it that you want? They said, Lord, we're blind. We, We sit here and we beg every single day. Jesus touched their eyes and said, become what you believe. What are you believing about your life? What are you believing about your marriage? What are you believing about this season that God has called you to? I want to encourage you today to believe for greater. The first key for expectation is belief. There was a season in my life, I was a a sophomore in college. And I was playing football for the University of Tulsa and you had to go to practice early in the morning and practice late at night and school in between and you had to get certain grades and they teach you to be tough, they teach you to be hard. And I I got what I thought was the flu, but I was still going to practice every day, I was still going to class every day. In three weeks, I just was, at night I was having these massive fevers and I was freezing and I was hot at the same time. Anyway, this went on for weeks and one day, I skipped class and I, I drove myself to the hospital because the trainers thought, oh, it's just a flu. They, they were giving me antibiotics, but it just wasn't working. It was, I was getting, I felt like progressively worse. And so I drove myself to the hospital one day because even to hear birds outside, my head was just booming. So I drove myself to the hospital and I remember going up to the desk and I said, ma'am, I, I need help. I don't know what's wrong. And I just remember she looked up at me And I don't know what the look on my face was, but she hit a button and there was like four or five nurses. I was immediately wheeled back. They put me in IVs and they were drawing blood. Hours and hours went by. 
And the doctors, there was like four doctors that came in. They said, son, where's your family? I said, my mom's in Dallas. My dad's in Wisconsin. They said, son, this is the worst case of meningitis we've ever seen. We think you only have 24 hours. Call them today. And I remember in that moment, calling my mom first. And when the doctor was explaining to her, she screamed so loud, the doctor had to take the phone outside of the room because we thought that I was going to die. And I remember there was, man, amazing people from the church that came and they were praying. And one night I, I survived through the night and the doctors, they were doing tests and I had four spinal taps and I wasn't eating and I, was, I started having massive seizures and I couldn't say my name and I couldn't read and one day turned into three weeks in the hospital, three weeks turned into three months and they never knew what was wrong. And it wasn't until going into the fourth month that I, I was just, I was ready to quit. I just said, Lord, I, I can't. every two hours they were coming drawing blood for three months. Every time I tried to eat something, I would throw up. I lost probably almost 90 pounds throughout that time. And I, I just, I was shriveled up and I, I was ready. I just said, Lord, I, I surrender. I'm ready. I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm done with it. And I remember someone came in and everybody was praying. And I had all these healing scriptures and 24 hours a day, there was healing and worship going on but I remember I just heard this voice what do you expect and I just I just was like oh, everybody's praying for me people come around the clock and the doctors and nurses and, but I just heard that voice what do you expect and I just remember saying Lord I expect healing I expect deliverance I expect to walk again. I expect to drive. They said you would never drive again. You'll never be able to go back to college. You'll need to medically withdraw. We don't even know how you've made it this far because we're expecting you to die at any moment. But I just said, Lord, I, I expect, I believe for you. This is not the life you called me to. So as I began to speak the word, I had people praying all around me, but it wasn't until I began to speak the word, that things began to change. Obviously, I'm here standing before you when the doctor said you should be dead. When they said you'll never go back to college, I'm the first in my family to graduate from college. Thank you, Lord. I was dyslexic for about a year where I would my numbers mixed up. If someone would tell me their telephone number, 918, I would say 819 for about a year. And they said, we, son, we, you may have to live with this condition. But I remember, Lord, I, I expect greater. And now I work in accounting and, and finance and different functions in the church with no problems. What is, what is it that you're expecting? Matthew 929, become what you believe. The second key for expectation is thought. Everybody say thought. The first key is belief. The second key is thought. In the same chapter, Matthew 9, verse 21, the woman with the issue of blood. Matthew 9 is amazing. It has so many amazing miracles I would encourage you to read. And just imagine everywhere that Jesus went, people came from all over to get their healing. 
Some people came just to see, is this really the miracle man? I heard what he did in the other town, but can he do it for me? So this woman with the issue of blood had been suffering for 13 years. She had spent all she had, the Bible says. Doesn't go into detail, but I, I can imagine she was trying every doctor, every herb. She was trying to do everything she could. But just imagine, if you would, a small, weak, frail woman. Everywhere that she went, she was bleeding. So people probably left her. People didn't want to be around her. But the Bible says in Matthew 9, 29, she first thought to herself. If I can just touch that. She thought. She didn't even believe in her heart, but she thought. She thought if I could just touch the hem of his garment. I tried every doctor. I tried every nurse. I tried every oil. Whatever it is, I tried it. But she thought if I could just get to Jesus. So if you can imagine this woman, she musters what little strength that she has left. There was a massive crowd of people and she says, excuse me. Excuse me. I just, I just need to get to Jesus. Excuse me. I think that he might be able to heal me. I, I may not believe it in my heart, but I just am trying to get to Jesus, please. And she pushes her way through the crowd, weak and in pain, bent over, bleeding. When you lose blood, your strength is weak because there's power in the blood. She thought to herself, if I could just touch. So we don't know how, how far she had to travel, but Jesus was somewhere in her town. She thought to herself, so she bends over. He doesn't say a word. She bends over and just touches him. And the Bible says, because faith is never. Immediately she was made whole. Whatever storm or situation you're going through, it's already done. It's now. Now faith. Four keys for expectation. The first one is belief. Everybody say belief. The second one is thought. Everybody say thought. The third key for expectation is preparation. Everybody say preparation. Second Kings chapter four, last two points. Second Kings chapter four, the woman with two sons, she was a widow. And the creditor, her husband had passed away. And, and in that time, women were looked down upon so she couldn't work and the creditors were coming to take her sons because her sons were going to have to work off the debt. And so the creditors were coming and, and she said, what am I going to do when God sends the prophet? What am I going to do? We have nothing. We have no money. He says, what do you have? We all have something that God can use. No matter your past, no matter what you've gone through, we all have something. You don't know what I did in my past. I shouldn't be a pastor today. That's why sometimes I get uncomfortable even now when people say Pastor AJ because it's like, Lord, I, I've done some dirt, boy. Many of my cousins are, are in jail for doing things. Many of my friends that I hung out with in Wisconsin are either dead or selling drugs or in jail. I should be, I should be that statistic because of the things that I've gone through. But each of us have. Each of us have something that God has given us. And in 2 Kings chapter 4, this 
widow woman. She says, I have nothing but a little. Everybody say a little. I have nothing but a little oil and a jar. And the prophet says, get as many jars of oil. We're talking about expectation. In the midst of what looked like to be drought, go ask your neighbors and your friends for jars. What? And in that moment, she had a choice. Do I choose faith or fear? Do I choose to believe the word of the Lord or do I just give up? All hope is lost. But she chose to believe. So she sends her sons out. Go ask. Go ask everybody. Everybody you know. We're, we, we don't have nothing else to lose, but we have everything to gain. Go ask. So she asked for these jars. And when her son came back, she said, Mom, this is it. These are all we asked everybody. We looked high and low. So the prophet said, take the little oil that you have and just begin to pour. How, how can you use just a little oil? But sure enough, she went and she began to pour. And it filled up. So she went to the next one and began to pour. And it filled up. And she went to the next. And then to the next. And to the next until all the jar she had and he said, great, make preparation, go sell the jars of oil and you'll have more than enough to live off. Preparation, she began to prepare. But I think, I think in that verse, what if her sons had gone to the other towns and got more oil, more, more jars? The oil stopped because she had capacity. She had no more capacity to receive. Sometimes as believers, we can allow things to stop in our life because we're so full, but we're meant to give out. You're meant to go into a lost world. People need the Jesus that you have on the inside of you. Sometimes we might be so clogged up and we haven't given out, but it's when you give out that God can say, oh, there's room, now I can bless. Oh, oh there's capacity, now I can give you more. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down, shaken together, and what? Running over. God has an abundant supply of ideas, of contracts, of dreams, of health, of peace. He has abundance for you. But are you too full to receive it? Give out. Give out. Give out. If your closet is full of clothes, give out. Give out. If you're looking for a new car, man, give somebody a ride. Even if it is a raggedy car. I had a raggedy car for many years. The heat didn't work. The air didn't work. And you heard me from about three miles away. But I was giving people rides because I said, Lord, I'm not going to drive this hoopty for all the rest of my life. Give out. Give out. If your home is, you feel like, God, I, I'm tired of this apartment. Begin to have people over a B group in your house. And watch God begin to expand. Make preparation. The last key for expectation is action. Everybody say action. Belief, thought, preparation, and action. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word. Expectation creates a corresponding action. If you're expecting company over to your house, what do you do? You begin to clean your house. If you're a nice person, I'm looking at some nice people. You begin to clean your house. When we were expecting a baby, what do we do? We, we, we got the baby room ready. We got the stroller and the car seat. 
Expectation has a corresponding action. What are you expecting in this season of your life? And what are you doing to prepare for that to come to pass? The woman with the issue of oil. I mean, the woman with the four jar, with the oil, she was expecting more. So she began to send her sons out to gather. What are you doing to prepare for the next season? I'll end with this last story. Many of you may have heard it, the story of the eagle and the chicken. There was a farmer who had this large chicken farm. And he was out on the field. He went into town to get stuff. And as he was coming back, he saw this little bird on the side. So he was a chicken farmer. So he picked up this little bird and brought it back to this vast army of chickens that he had. And, and this bird began to grow like a chicken. It began to eat worms and it began to cluck and it began to do everything that all the other chickens did. And one day there was a friend that came over and he said, hey, and you, you've got a great farm of chickens, but that one bird right there, that, that bird is, it's not a chicken, it's an eagle. The farmer looks up and he said, no, no, no. I'm a chicken, man. I, I know that that bird is a chicken. It clucks like a chicken. It walks like a chicken. Sticks his head in the dirt like a chicken. That's a chicken. So the farmer, the friend said, let, let me take this bird. So he took the bird and he lifted and he said, this bird is meant to fly. Watch. So he took the bird and it, he threw it up and it flew back down. It fell back down. He said, look, bro, don't kill my chicken. That thing is a chicken. It's not. I'm going to sell it to Popeye's in a little bit. It's, it's a chicken. And he said, he said, no, it's, it's, it's something is wrong. It's, it's not meant to be on the ground. It's meant to soar. The farmer said, well, he said, it's, 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 it's here, bro. It's here. So he said, let me, the friend said, let me take it and get a ladder. Do you have a ladder? So he took the ladder. He said, bro, you're going to kill my chicken. And he got up and he climbed on the roof with this bird. And he took the bird and he threw it off the roof. And sure enough, it sputtered down to the ground. And at this point, the farmer's like, stop. You're really trying to kill my chicken. And he said, no, there's something different about this bird. I've got, I, I got an expectation. I know because I study birds. There's something different about this one bird different from all your hundreds of chickens and he said let me take the bird to the mountaintop what the mountain that that oversees the city let me take the bird and the friend said if I kill the bird I'll buy you more so he said okay because he was a businessman okay well if you're gonna replace that one with more fine so this friend takes this bird he looks at it. There's something more on the inside of you. You're meant to soar. You're meant to fly. You're meant to do greater. But it was still clucking like a chicken. So the farmer goes and he takes it, climbs all the way up the mountain. And he says, you're meant to fly. And he throws the bird off the cliff. The bird is, is, is sputtering and it's squawking and it's squealing and he and he's looking down and he says, you're meant to fly. You're meant to fly. 
and he bought his binoculars and it was so high up right before the bird looked like it was flying down to death. It was going to sputter down to death. Something as the bird was sputtering, something on the inside rose up. And all of a sudden this bird opens up its wings. And its wings were so long, so big. And right before the bird was getting ready to splatter down on the concrete rocks, it took flight. And it began to soar. And the friend looks, the farmer looks, and he says, that's your bird. It's meant to soar. There are things on the inside that God has placed on you. And you're meant to soar. But this first Sunday at Vision Conference, I want to ask you, how do you see yourself? I probably could have died if I would have just succumbed with meningitis and just thought that this is the end. This is the end. But I heard that voice. What do you expect? Some of us are walking around, and I believe any, even in this world today, many people are walking down like chickens, but they're meant to soar like eagles. All over the room, if you would, please stand and bow your heads and close your eyes. And you may be here this morning and if we could put your life on the big screen here and we never could hear words, but we would just see the life that you're living. Are you living at your full potential? An eagle will only see another eagle in top flight. No other bird that's been created can fly at the heights of an eagle. You're meant to soar. You're meant to fly higher. So if your life was on this screen and we couldn't hear what you were saying, but we could just see what you were doing, what would we see? Would we see someone living victoriously? Would we see someone living all with all the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given them? Or would we see someone that's living in fear or, or in shame? I want to come to, I've come to encourage you expect greater no sin is bigger than the grace of God and no dream is too big than God so if you're here today and you say I, I need a new vision I need a fresh start with every head bowed and every eyes closed if you would just look up at me if that's you need a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Father, right now, in the name that's above all names, we speak the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Your word says, he who started a good work is faithful to complete it. Thank you for the faithfulness of God. Thank you, Lord, that you created us to soar. So, Lord, today we thank you that we're going to see differently, we're going to expect differently, and we're going to soar with you. God, I thank you for every person that's here. You know exactly what they're going through. You know exactly where they are. So we release the healing power of God, not just physically, but even emotionally. 
even mentally. I, I don't know who, if you've got the courage to raise your hand. But I sense there's someone here who's going through storms in your mind. The disciples went through a storm and they they were afraid. But when Jesus walked out, everything was all right. I just sense there's someone that's going through a storm in your mind. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Thanks so much for listening. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so at visionnwa.com forward slash give. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud. Vision Church, vision for life.